Let's take a look at what's happening uh, with Ukraine, Russia. Uh, lots of news coming in. Ukraine urging its citizens to leave Russia as the head of Ukraine's National Security and Defense Council is calling for a nationwide state of emergency as fears increase of a Russian invasion. Russia's state news agency is reporting that Moscow has started evacuating personnel from all of its diplomatic facilities in Ukraine. World leaders uh, condemning Russia's aggression against Ukraine, and uh, they're doing so with some action. Canada, the U.S., Britain, the 27-member European Union, and more are announcing financial sanctions, banning trade with Ukrainian separatist regions, and halting Russian bond distribution. Canada announcing it is sending an additional 460 troops to reinforce the NATO military alliance in Eastern Europe. It's a move that's being welcomed by Latvia. Uh, included in the new commitment is a 100-soldier artillery unit. What is happening? What is the latest? Will the sanctions be enough? Let's find out with Dr. Elliot Tepper, who is a distinguished senior fellow at Norman Patterson School of International Affairs at Carleton University. Dr. Tepper, welcome back to 6.30, Chad. Oh, good morning, Jalen. Thank you. It's great to be with you. You're, you're chuckling, and I'm wondering why. Oh, how do you keep up with the news? There's so much happening. So the, the, uh, the big question here is what's happening and what's going to happen yes. next, I suppose. What's happening clearly is that Russia has made its move. Uh, the build up the long, long increase in state of tension demands, counter demands. So the initial... The initial move by uh, by Russia has been taken. The question now is what's going to happen next. The answer is nobody really understands or knows or can predict what's going on in the minds of Mr. Putin, and it's strictly up to him as to mm -hmm. what happens next. Dr. Tepper, why is the recognition, uh, Putin's recognition of these rebel-ing areas um, really um, so dangerous? The... Uh, it's dangerous because, in a sense, it creates an additional reason for Russia to say that Ukraine doesn't technically exist. He calls it a phantom country, a little Russia. Uh, he's never uh, accepted the reality of an independent and, and, importantly, democratic Ukraine. He's taking steps to see to it. Well, let's see what he wants. First of all, he's back in the center of world attention. Mm -hmm. He's gotten that. He's also uh, basically trying to derail the cons democratic consolidation of Ukraine on his border. And he would like now to redo the security architecture going all the way to the end of the Cold War. Uh, and certainly to the fall of the Berlin Wall. He wants to redo the security architecture in his favor, and he's acting on it. So, Dr. Tepper, what can the West do? We're seeing the, the sanctions being put in place. Is that going to do anything? Is it going to be enough, and can there be more? Everybody is saying, including us, Canada, that we are going to, this is led by Joe Biden, who's put together a highly effective uh, increase in uh, NATO solidarity, and of course we're, we're key members and core members of NATO, uh, put together a, a strong ring around, uh, around Russia and, and, and other than in Ukraine. 
will the sanctions work? The Russians have built up a, a mighty war chest in terms of having a lot of foreign exchange available. They've reduced the dollar content of that foreign exchange. And what's gotten far too little notice is that working with China, yeah. uh, there's now a, a back door, an escape route against sanctions. So uh, on the one hand, sanctions potentially can really bite, but they take time normally. They're, the notion of the sanctions is they'll squeeze the people around around uh, Mr. Putin to the point where they'll try to get him to change his mind and maybe make Russia a, a pariah and unable to operate financially in the world. And yes, these are staged. This is stage one. The more that he does, uh, then the greater the sanctions will be. But meanwhile, working with China, the cutting off of the um, Nord Stream 1, mm -hmm. which Germany has done, that is the export of uh, the main export earner for Russia is, is uh, oil and gas. China has said in 20, 2014, yeah, we'll make a deal with you at uh, advantageous rates. Now they've increased that significantly. So will sanctions work? If Mr. Putin is, you know, seems absolutely determined that uh, this situation on his border has to be changed, it's doubtful he will pay attention to sanctions, particularly as he sees that he has a way around them. Yeah, China today accusing the U.S. of creating fear and panic and fueling the tensions by providing right. weapons to Ukraine. So... <laughs> When we were listening yesterday to a conversation, and um, th there was talk about some of those those, those financial, uh, the financial ability, you know, cutting off some financial ties uh, related to Putin. What impact does that have? They're slow motion. <laughs> the uh, this is a fast-moving situation. Uh, we talked about the the uh, Donbas uh, Oblast, basically Donetsk and Luhansk. Uh, only part, only part of that oblast has actually been occupied so far by the now People's Republics, <laughs> the two of them. Uh, he can move across and try to you know, take steps which will look even more like an invasion, but to uh, to Russia can be explained, well, we're just trying to regularize the, these People's Republics. The idea that sanctions are going to immediately take effect that will change the behavior and the mindset of Mr. Putin seems highly unlikely. Mm. Hmm. Uh, Dr. Elliot Tepper joining me this morning. Uh, look, you know, I think for, for a while there had been some hope that there might be a diplomatic way out of this. Um, uh, France was looking to mediate something yes. between the U.S. and Russia. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. Uh, is the diplomatic way out done, do you think? It certainly appears like it. Uh, Mr. Macron, has, who was trying to broker all this, and there's the Normandy process and the Minsk protocols and so forth, that's apparently all gone now. The uh, diplomatic route is open, but no, nobody seems to have a way to, to set it in, uh, into some kind of effective practice. Right now, there seems to be facts on the ground time. Yeah. The, the, um, the, let's do worst-case, best-case scenarios. Yes. The worst-case scenario here is shortly before this actual step was taken, Mr. Putin personally oversaw a uh, demonstration of the nuclear weapon capacity of Russia, uh. Uh, land, sea, and air. 
the possibility that things can tumble in to some kind of a global conflict or major conflict between the East and the West, between democracy and autocracy, tumbling in, as the case, you know, in the First World War happened, seems to be a possibility. The best case scenario is that people will now do what happened after the Cuban Missile Crisis, which was, okay, everybody take a deep breath. Russia wants something. Let's find a way to meet mm -hmm. that. Let's have some new missile agreements, <laughs> uh, which would be to everybody's advantage. Let's have a, a reinvigoration, a reinvigoration of the security architecture involving nuclear weapons. Why don't we have nu nuclear weapons-capable missiles? Why don't we also bring in China? That's the optimistic scenario, mm -hmm. not a not a plausible one at the minute. Dr. Tepper, we'll leave it there this morning, continuing to watch this, um, wait and see, and I, and I wonder how much waiting is left. Keep an eye on, uh, keep an eye on whether troops now move uh, out of, you know, the, to complete the People's Republics that have now been recognized mm -hmm. to complete the occupation of the, of the oblast there. I think, no, let's, let's end like this. I don't think either Russia or the United States really wants to have a direct confrontation. Uh -huh. And uh, it's entirely possible that uh, we can quote the foreign minister now of, of Ukraine saying, we exist in a security vacuum, uh, but nobody wants to fill that vacuum by putting troops on the ground, not the West, not the U.S., not Russia, perhaps. We'll have to wait and see. Dr. Tepper, thank you for this. I appreciate your time this morning. Certainly, Jalen. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think French fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.